0: Hey, this is Larry H. Russell here, featured columnist at C.L.S. Radio and executive producer of the number one Boston Celtics podcast on the web, Celtics Beat. And now, author. That's right, author. My debut book, Fall of the Boston Celtics, How Bad Luck, Bad Decisions Brought the Mighty Celtics Empire to its Knees and Ushered in the Dark Ages, has already been called the definitive account of the infamous Doldrum Period in Celtics history. You think the Celtics are struggling now? You've got quite a short memory. Get the inside story from executives, general managers, staffs, players, media, fans, you name it, as I take you through a time in which how the Boston Celtics fell from the shining city on the hill and became entrenched in purgatory, and you'll see why. That's Follow the Boston Celtics, available on clnsradio.com on January 5th. And you can't wait for the release? Well, tweet the hashtag, Follow the Boston Celtics, to me, at clns underscore lhr. That's hashtag follow the Boston Celtics at CLNS underscore LHR. And we'll pick one lucky follower and hand out a free copy on the January 4th episode of Celtics Beat. And now, on to your regularly scheduled programming.
1: Yeah, that sounds good.
2: You wanna hear it again? It's been a while. Why not? Uh-huh. Alright, that's enough. Plenty of time for that later. Ladies and gentlemen, come in. It's Careless Whispers on CLNS Radio. And if you haven't gotten it yet, go get the book that has the longest book. To I heard it in my Calvin Chamberlain. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you? How are you
3: doing? Uh, I'm, I'm doing good. just I'm fine.
2: Good. It's been a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I'm I'm good. I'm good. So, um, are we getting a cut of this LHR book? So, is that happening?
2: I I have no idea what's happening with that. I'm not. I, not, I don't. I wonder how many uh, copies he sold. It, it was released yesterday.
3: That is a great question. Well, yeah, I would, you know, I'd like to know, because he is one of the foremost experts on the Boston Celtics.
2: That is that is correct. He is one of the foremost experts on the Boston Celtics. Uh, if you want to give us a call tonight, I'm Matt Rury, by the way, three four seven two one five seven 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 one. We haven't been on the air in a few weeks, for various reasons, mostly driven by me. And uh, here we are. We're what back. Post game. Some post-game, yep. Um, So, yeah, we'd we'd love to hear from you. Although, I guess I should we're here at Team Green Truth. Um, Maybe Sam in San Diego will see it and give us a call because he's been reaching out to us through various means. And uh, we'd love to hear from him. So, hopefully, that'll happen, Calvin. But let's get back to our roots. We're going to start with a Celtics topic. Oh. Oh, wait. This is not a Celtics topic anymore. This is a Mavs topic. Yeah, that's right. We haven't spoken to each other on the air since Rajon Rondo was uh, was was traded, and well, I guess I should I should rephrase oh, that. Yeah. Since he's had he since he's gotten a few games under his belt, we have not spoken on the air since it's been a, a few weeks there. Um, so, where where do you want to start with this? It's not a Celtics topic, but it is Rondo. We are going to start with him. He's uh by all accounts, he's making Dallas' defense better. And I haven't really watched enough of the games to to know whether that's true. And I certainly can't compare it to what they've done earlier in the season because I didn't see any of those games. Um, even though I, I do enjoy the roster that they have, I think they're, they're going to be a lot of fun down the stretch. And I will tune in to check them out. Not just because of Rondo, but I like some of their other pieces as we sort of Illustrated at the beginning of the season on one of our shows, but do you buy into this yeah, notion that Dallas people. is? Yeah, do you buy into this notion that uh, Dallas is better on defense now, at least?
3: Uh, I would say that the sample size is a little small, a little a little early to tell. Um, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at you know what they've done since they've traded for Rondo, um, and certainly uh, you know some. They they beat, you know, Brooklyn and Cleveland uh, without LeBron James. That'll, that'll help your, uh, you know, they held those two teams to 88 and 90 points, so that'll help your defensive rating. Um, they smashed Washington, so credit to them there. They beat OKC, but they gave up a lot of points in doing so. Uh, they beat the Lakers without Kobe, which will also, also help your defensive rating, and uh, they gave up a lot of points to Phoenix and Atlanta. So, you know, make of that what you will. Uh, I I I think that it's a little it's a little bit too small of a sample size and considering the teams that they held down other than Washington, which is an impressive defensive effort, I might argue that that the rest of their wins, at least in terms of uh, you know, giving up fewer points is less impressive than you might think.
2: So, the points are down or the the, the points given up are down. Uh, and right. I guess the offense is is pretty similar, but I don't I don't, oh, I don't know if you can really attribute I don't know if you can really attribute that to it's not similar.
3: Well, no, no, I'm just saying it's only been nine games, and you know right. they play they played a lot of bad offenses in that nine game stretch. So I don't know I don't know how much of this 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 five point improvement is. Actually, Rondo. Yeah, you can't.
2: That's play. what I was gonna say. You can't attribute yeah. it just to Rondo. It's def- I mean, if anything, he makes the, the team a little bit better on defense. Sure, may, that argument can be made, but um, oh, yeah. the fi- the five point swing is is definitely not him.
3: Well, he's better than Jamir Nelson on defense. You know, yes, even, even at his worst, right? Certainly, like, even, yes. Even, even at, his, at his least defense playing, whatever whatever you want to say about Rondo not trying, uh. He's still going to be significantly better than Jimmy Nelson with his slow feet, and you know his small his small size. So, uh, well, Sean rider has got long arms and he gets steals. That's that already helps you a lot more than, uh, than Nelson's going to. So I, I think that'll that just helps the defense right there. And then, you know, Tevin Harris. Uh, he's I guess he's probably still getting comparable minutes, but um, I think what's more interesting to me about about whether or not the defense has been better, and I, th- I think the, the reason why it's even been a focus, um, I don't know if we'd even you know know that the defense was better or hear about the stat this early, if Rondo didn't come out the other day and admit that, that he hadn't been playing defense uh, in Boston the last few years. He said that he had Avery Bradley, he credited Avery Bradley as the young buck to sort of cover for him defensively, and he didn't feel like he needed to play defense. But in Dallas... They expect you to play defense every night. And you, you can get embarrassed by uh, the oh, another another team's point guard in the West pretty quickly if you don't play defense in Dallas. It's,
2: so I that's think that's I, – I, I would attribute that comment more to the fact that the point guards in the West are better than Dallas versus Boston type of thing. Uh, and I think in Rondo's mind, he would probably pay a compliment to Avery Bradley, but it definitely didn't come off that way. And a lot of people are looking at those comments as him not trying. And I'm one of them. And the way he played it when he came back the other night, Calvin, it just feeds my bitterness towards just his attitude when he was here for the last couple of years.
1: Well,
3: it's interesting. that, that That's why I want this is the main reason why I wanted to talk about Rondo, because I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by him and by like, you know, wondering, I guess I, I've been wondering how Celtics fans should feel about this guy. So on the one hand, yeah, he comes out and he says like, "Oh, I haven't been playing defense these these last few uh, years," and and he comes out and, and you know he helps Dallas's defense and he so that on the one hand feeds the argument that the Rondo lovers have been saying like, "Oh, this guy's just on a bad team," and like he still he still has it defensively, and he just hasn't you know been he just hasn't had the need to do it on this team, and we should have held on to him. But on the other hand. It also says the opposite that he's a guy who doesn't always try hard, and and that clearly he wasn't giving his all, or at least it implies that you you try to let you sort of let him off the hook a little bit by saying you feel like he was he was misinterpreted a little bit, and that's fine, but it's still a very, it's still not a comment that reflects very well on Rashawn Rondo's character. In, in that. No,
2: certainly not. I I'm not trying to get let him off the hook here at all. I think, but I think his intentions were were not to take anything away from Boston or the Celtics. I think it was more, he was making comments about who he was playing with and who he was playing against, not necessarily the organization or anything like that. Or just not wanting to to play for team. You know what I mean? So, but it definitely comes across that, that way. So he needs to be a little smarter about when he's going to come out with one of these long winded answers. I think.
3: Well, and then, so what do you what do you make of uh, again you you look at Rondo's numbers since he was uh, acquired by Dallas uh, not particularly aggressive in in or, well in in actually he has been more aggressive but not not particularly more effective than he was in Boston averaging two you know two more points a game uh, outside of the Boston game he's averaging ten points a game so yeah in in Boston he was you know he was down to eight. But in in recent weeks before he got traded, well, he was scoring like what four or six points a game. You know, he wasn't really being aggressive at all, even though the so team I think, didn't I think want him to the, be aggressive.
2: I, I so, think part of that is that he just he's not the same player, really. Uh, and he's still excellent. That's there's no there's no debating that. But I don't think he's the same as, as what he used to be. Um, and if I'm gonna pull up his his stat line for the game after the the Celtics game because I looked at it and it was it was kind of pitiful. So continue while I pull that up.
3: It was two of six. Yeah.
2: There you go. Yeah, Do you have and it.
3: One of thir- one of thirteen against Brooklyn. Um, that's that the Last two games after the Boston game. Yeah, but but still, forget forget how many shots he landed because, like I said, he's hitting at about the same percentage he hit in Boston, but. In Boston with a team that that had fewer options, how many times did we criticize Rondo in the fourth quarter of games for not being aggressive or, you know, not taking over when he needed to take over? I'm looking at his shot chart since he's been to Dallas, this is what we're looking at. Eleven shots, fifteen shots, fourteen shots, seventeen, seventeen, ten, nineteen, six and thirteen, right? But but then I look but then I I go back to his Boston and then it's twelve three three 11 three. Uh, a couple of seventeens, but then it's like six, eight.
2: It doesn't it five, doesn't make much sense. It doesn't make much sense. I mean because no. he, it's, it, you would think that he should not be shooting as much in Dallas. Yeah, there's a lot of different options around there, but it seems as though he's taking the option for himself more often. And you know what? Maybe that's teams looking at Rondo and saying you can't shoot jumpers. We're gonna we're gonna make you shoot now. We're gonna guard everyone else and we're gonna make you shoot. They don't have a, a point guard now that uh, that is a decent shooter. That's what the Celtics did. Jared Sollinger admitted as much after the game that they were giving Rondo a shot and he was knocking him down.
3: So it would, is that what you would make of, of Rondo being so so aggressive in that in that game, that Dallas game. I, I would honestly be confused as a as a Celtics fan, you know. Watching that game and seeing Rondo try harder, it seemed to me. I mean, maybe you disagree.
2: He scored yeah, the I most wasn't points. confused. He's, yeah, He was. He was, he was definitely he trying harder. Years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but he, but he why? was. Def- he definitely had something to. So it, you can go two ways with this. He's either trying to stick it to the organization for not having built something better, uh, quickly, more quickly, I guess, quicker, or he's okay. trying to play well. One more time for the fans. Those are the two extremes I as far as I can see.
3: So do you think that, that Sel- a lot of Celtics fans would appreciate how that, that he went off on them? Do you think that, that Oh, he he the went off of he add- went the He went of went the in the
2: first, Calvin, He went off in the first quarter, he had an excellent first quarter. quarter. had the uh-huh. montage for quarter, instead the of for him instead of the at the uh, the the first time out, it was at the end of the first quarter. And – of the first quarter, and. He played so well and he, he busted his ass so much in that first quarter that I decided to walk out uh, on the montage where everybody else was giving him a standing ovation. So Celtics fans in general, yes, they they are fine with him kicking our ass and uh, they appreciate all the hard work. They remember the good things. they remember the the uh, separated our elbow then and he comes back. Against Orlando to play, or was it Miami? He they remember diving on the floor against Miami. That's yeah, that was that was the the Miami game. Wait, uh, Dwayne Wade diving on the floor against Dwayne Wade and separating his elbow and coming back to play. They remember having a a pretty excellent game towards the end of the one when he uh, tore his knee in Atlanta, and they remember just things like that. And they appreciate him for all the stuff that he's that he's done. But I uh, just had. Uh, it, it was. It was. I was feeling too bitter about the fact that he had this this cloud over him for the past couple of years, and he only brought it on himself. So he's, I got some chicken fingers a, instead. I'm sorry.
3: He's he's such an interesting figure to me because I feel like I, I feel oh, like fascinating. There's, there's, yeah, I mean, yeah. Because because there's I I feel like for as many stories as there are about him, you know, showing toughness, showing grit, and showing fire, you know, in games like you talked about, you know. Uh Dwayne, Dwayne Wade dislocating his elbow. He basically he continued to play in that game. You know, there's there's. I see the series where he's like terrorizing LeBron James as a guy, you know, giving up what 50 pounds to LeBron, still playing his heart out. But for for every one of those things, I I can also you know come up with with situations where he was just apathetic, and it it was obvious he didn't want to be there. Or a ton of them. You know, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. So I I don't know what to make see, of this guy
2: and that's the type of thing that that in my mind differentiates him and separates him from a guy like Paul Pierce and his potential from a guy like what Paul Pierce has already accomplished pierce was was brash early on in his career he had some winning times he they had some nice playoff runs with jim o'brien antoine walker that that crew of of Uh, players, that Celtics team was was decent. So he experienced winning when he was relatively young in his career. And then years later, when the team was horrible, still, even though it was clear that they weren't going anywhere, until he got hurt the year before the championship, he still busted his ass and played as well as he could every night. And that's why people still love him. And that's why he's going to go down as one of the greatest Celtics of all time. But Rajon Rondo showing this apathetic BS is just it, – it's not it, – it, it, it's, it's unbecoming as far as looking at a guy as an elite player, a max player, a number one player. And you know what? It might It might just be a, a product of the generation, if you will, because I feel like LeBron James is apathetic at times as well. And other guys. I mean, it's it's a it's it goes it's throughout the league. So you can't just put point the finger at Rondo being the only one that's apathetic. It's something that happens in the league, and you just I guess you kind of have to deal with it. But it just makes those guys on on bad teams that are trying hard night in night out look even better in my mind.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. And
2: he yeah he. Didn't Brandon Bass. So
3: then what what do you what do you make of his impact then on the on the rebuild for the Celtics because i mean you can you can tell me if you think i'm wrong but i mean the Celtics have since since they made that rondo trade which you know all all we did was come on post game shows and talk about how rondo wasn't producing enough and i didn't think he was and I, I still don't think he didn't but but since the rondo trade the Celtics have have basically been the worst team in the league right or one of the three or four worst teams in the league
2: they look really bad.
3: They yeah, they look terrible. It's hard to even watch their games at this point.
2: And um, they
3: just got beat by Charlotte. So
2: what, what do you? I know you that that I game think? was brutal. I couldn't believe. It. I although I did look at the line and I said this is wrong. Charlotte should be favored in this game, or at least not. It was a five and a half point line half an hour before they the game, have, and I was like, this is this is wrong. I know them. they. I know they didn't have Stevenson or Big Al. Yeah. That's it was wrong. I knew going into that game, Charlotte should not have been a six point dog, and they ended up winning, winning going away. So, uh, it's very frustrating. I, I, I just I feel like they're back in this situation, kind of like they were last year, where people started speculating that they were tanking because there was no consistency. Now nobody's speculating that that they're tanking because there's nothing to really shoot for, but. I, trading away Rondo and not flipping these other guys for something better. It would be a disaster or something that can help them in the future would be, would be a disaster. So I'm still holding my, my opinion until he Danny Ainge can make a, make a move with whether it's the trade exception he got or flipping Jameer Nelson or Brandon Wright for, for something that will net them a bigger Play in the future. This thing's still a couple of years away. I think from from Ainge making a big move that he has planned.
3: Yeah. So you would you wouldn't expect a move that spun this team in a positive direction this season.
2: I mean, it doesn't look like it. I mean, I, I mean, you can't just expect a KG Ray Allen deal to to happen again. Um, although, if it were to happen, it would be something that just came out of nowhere, and you probably would have no idea that the player was even available. Right. So right. Uh, you just kind of have to wait and see. But we do have a caller, Calvin, at 347-215-7771. I mentioned him earlier because I expected him to call, and I was hoping that he would. Sam in San Diego, sir, welcome to Careless Whispers, and my, has it been a long time.
4: It has. It has. It's been. I've had a tough year work-wise, So, but I'm ready to. Ready to get back into Celtics talk, and uh, I did call Nick and uh, Nick Gelso and requested you guys. So um, yeah, I got some questions for you guys. Yeah. Well, hey, that's
2: look 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 what uh, what a call to Nick Gelso will will get you here. You call Nick, and here we are live back on BTR.
1: <clears throat>
4: exactly. You gotta you gotta know who the, you, you gotta know who the contacts are. That's right. Um, so uh, first of all, I haven't been able to to call in and talk about Rondo. I, I'm not happy. Obviously, I'm pretty. I'm a big Rondo fan, and and I hated to see him go. Um, And uh, especially for what we what we got, you know, I I really love the player, best point guard I've ever seen other than Dennis Johnson, you know, on the Celtics. So it was tough for me. Um, I did want to ask, you know, with the way things are going in Cleveland, and with with Kevin Love, uh, obviously not happy there. Why why couldn't we just hold on? And and try to sign him in the off sign Rondo in the off season, and, and then try to sign Love like the original plan was. Um, why not hmm. go that route? That had to be something they had to have thought about.
2: I mean, it's definitely a move that that could happen. I wouldn't expect Rondo to uh, to come back here. Uh, no, no, no. I this, meant keep, I meant keep him. I meant why didn't they try to why, oh, try to and, oh, him, why right? you just keep him and and uh, just try to sign? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Maybe Ange. I, actually, I feel like Danny Ainge is the type of guy that if, if he thinks someone is about to leave or that he is not going to be able to sign a player, he will he will get rid of him uh, just almost immediately. Um, so maybe but he, he did that with Perkins. <laughs> yeah, maybe he figures that that Rondo was not going to sign or that he was going to get better money elsewhere, and instead of just letting him walk. Uh, he decided to to get something in return. That feels like to me, Calvin, the way that uh, that Danny Ainge operates.
3: Yeah, and I I kind of feel like he it, it seemed like he moved on from love after Minnesota wasn't interested in Boston's package. But I I can see where Sam's coming from in terms of you know having a star and wanting to recruit somebody else. But I, I think Danny Ainge just didn't want to pay Rondo the max, and that that's what it comes down to. Somebody's going to pay him the max on the top season, you know whether it's Dallas. Uh, whether it's the Lakers, unfortunately, or it's the Knicks, you know, and one of those three, te- at least one of those teams, if not more, is going to offer him a max deal, and I don't think Danny H was prepared to do that. Uh,
1: on
2: the I have, I have, I have a, a feeling day. Mark Cuban is prepared to do that. Otherwise, why would you trade for this guy? You know he wants a max deal. He's been public saying he wants a max deal. So it, Mark Cuban, in my mind, is probably prepared to do it if he feels like Rondo has contributed in a way that it warrants that, right?
4: I think he'll definitely pay him a max um, uh so bear with me two, just two more questions. Um, <clears throat> um, the whole thing with uh C- Calvin's mentioned at least one time I heard him say that the <clears throat> that the uh, exception that the Celtics got from that deal was was worthless it didn't mean anything to Boston because of their cap situation. I've heard a couple of people say the opposite, including jackie mack, and uh, i haven't I've been too lazy to do research on my own so. I wanted to hear an explanation from from Calvin as to why yeah,
2: it, lem- it, why it's worthless. Well, I think their cap situation is different. But go, go ahead. No, I, yeah, I just yeah, wanted is, to say I think oh, okay, it's different okay. at this point. No, the cap no. situation is different. But go.
1: No, no,
3: I, I overstated it when I called it worthless. It has a, it, it has value if they make a trade at this trade deadline. You know what I mean? Then, then they can slot because because they're they're at the cap now. If they if they if they trade Brandon Wright or you know if they trade Jeff Green and they want to involve the the uh, trade exception in at this deadline, then yeah, then the trade exception has value. But in the but again, once they once they reach the off season, they're going to have significant money out of the cap anyway. The trade exception it 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 only it only works if you're if you're capped out already. So they could then theoretically. You know, sign a sign a bunch of guys, but in uh, in you know, get to the uh, to the point where they're over the cap, and then use the trade exception again. You know, at next year, but or actually, they couldn't. They would have to do it. You know, in December because it, it lasts for a year. But it's unlikely that they're going to sign enough guys to be capped out anyway. And then, if that would at that point, the trade exception becomes irrelevant. <laughs> because they can sign whoever they want in the offseason anyway. You're, the the tra- I, Yeah, the trade exception has value right now till the trade deadline, basically.
4: Okay, so that would make sense as to <clears throat> why you're hearing so much about the, them making moves, um, besides the fact that they can maybe flip the guys that they got. So, right. okay, that makes yeah. sense. <clears throat> Last thing, um, the whole thing with LeBron James, where he we had that say at the end of that game um, recently where he talked about how um, he was angry that, that – that players get so much blame when they leave, yet the franchises trading players away, don't get the same kind of blame. Um, and he, he, he mentioned that he doesn't understand that. I guess that's something that personally I've always thought that I understood that, to be that that the, that the game of basketball from a fan's point of view is supposed to be where, you know, our, our team is attempting to win a championship to show that they're a better organization than the next. And so essentially it's about the teams and the players are, are part of that, but, but it's about – whose team wins and so, or whose franchise wins. So, so I always thought it was, um, that it's not about the player. It's about the team. So, so when a team makes a move and makes a trade, then they're trying to better themselves as a the franchise, whereas when the player does it, um, obviously it hurts your franchise. So, so that's why the anger would come to, from the fan. isn't? I don't see why the well, LeBron doesn't I, get I that. that.
2: No, I think uh, that partially here. LeBron actually, for the first time in his life, maybe is not realizing how big of a deal he is. If he were, if Miami was was to trade LeBron James to Cleveland for a, I don't know, say Verjao and um, um, Dion Waiters and somebody else, do you think the fans would be pissed at LeBron or would they be lashing out at Miami? I think he's missing the point here. It's not that players get more blame than franchises get. I think it's just a matter of what gets uh, comes back in the in the deal. If LeBron James wasn't mm-hmm. such a superstar type of a player and he walked, people would not be nearly as outraged as they were. And at the same time, if he was not much of a, a if he was an average player and Miami traded him, nobody would probably w- would would care down there. But if Miami were to trade him before he walked away, the outrage would be there, maybe even more so uh, towards the Miami Heat, not towards LeBron James. So, I, I feel like he's sort of missing the point when he's thinking about this thing and maybe being a little too sensitive about the whole issue. What do you think, Calvin?
3: No, I see. I I can sort of empathize with the player who who feels frustrated with a fan base for not ever giving them the benefit of the doubt. Because really, all, all these guys are, you know, I, I we we take sports so seriously. But for these guys, you know, it, it's like if you worked for. For Apple and
1: Microsoft
3: to hire you, you know, you could, someone could say, "Yeah, you're being disloyal to uh, to Apple by you know." switching by wanting to work over at Microsoft, but everybody does that all the time in their lives. You know, to them, it's a job. I know we, we take it so seriously, but and it's it's nice to want to win championships, and yeah, they all want the glory, uh, you know, connected to that, but ultimately, it's about where you work, and it's about, you know, the respect that you, you feel with any employee. There's a million reasons why, if you're working for a company, you might n- no longer want to work for that company, and only in the world of sports... Are- there's a couple other worlds, but uh, mostly in the world of sports, it, that's where you get you have you know millions of people scrutinizing your every decision. On, on, in that well, respect, so I like, think like that's you said because ago, if if LeBron was an average player and the team decided to trade him, nobody would nobody would care. Nobody cares right. about you. People only care about the team. So like, why should LeBron? Why, why should LeBron or anyone care about what the fans think of him? You know what I mean? The, the fans don't ha- have your best interest at heart unless you're somebody who can do something for them. But there you go.
4: There right. you go. He, he does care. He, he does, really care. But he he, does but care. But, but why he, should he? he, but, he sh-
2: but, but why should he? Because the fan, the other, the, uh, another thing that the fans do is that they feel entitled because they're paying all this money and they're going to the and, – and they take it out on the players because the players are the ones that are actually putting the product out that on the floor that you're going to watch. They'll take it out on official, officials too. Look at Mike Munger. Yeah, I mean, he takes it on on officials every night. So the, you you pick your spots as to where you're you're gonna send your your ire if if you feel entitled because you've been shelling out all this cash. I mean, I would prefer to just go and watch the game and and criticize people. I'm not gonna get angry. I wouldn't have gotten mad if Rondo had decided to to walk away from Boston and sign with with the Lakers or the Knicks or whoever it may be. It, that's obviously his his uh that's that's his decision. So but I I, I see like why LeBron is, is asking the question. I just feel like he should know better than that as the best player in the NBA for the last ten years. He should know this already. He should he, I, he I should think have figured it out. That's,
4: but that's exactly the the thing. I I think he doesn't understand though because he's saying why don't I get more empathy as a player but people aren't looking at it that way. They're looking at it from the standpoint of what their franchise is getting or, or, or not getting. Um, I, I I sometimes, um, think about, you know, what if the NBA broke up and you just have all the NBA players out there and we just repick teams and and franchises and, 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 uh, and players, and there's no Celtics and there's no Lakers. It would be really difficult for me as a fan, even even though I'm a basketball fan, I'm much more a Celtics fan than I am an NBA fan or, or a Rondo fan or anything like that. So, I think sometimes a player like Le- Lebron uh, misunderstands the value of the franchise and, and and the interest in that over the interest in the player itself.
2: Well, they I think they, that's what it comes I think, to I, you, think I think that's a great that's a great point, Sam. I think you'd lose a lot of fans because there are t- people that really are loyal to the team, but there would still be that hardcore fan base that would flock to some of the better players in the league. But uh, if 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 there, if there was a team that consisted of Kevin Love, Jimmy Butler, and uh, let's let's go with uh, – let me take a Celtic here. Marcus Smart, I would watch that team. If they were – X, X team in Montana from Canada. Well, I don't know. I don't care where they're from. I would watch that team because I do tend to be drawn in by certain players.
3: But you you hit the nail on the head too. Of, of course, they're always going to blame the players because you can get mad at this. You can get mad at Danny Ainge for doing a stupid move. You can get you can get mad at Brad Stevens for coaching the team poorly. But you, but you're never going to turn. I mean, you can turn on those guys, but you're never going to turn on the Celtics and just walk away if they if they make a million dumb decisions in a row. We could the '90 Celtics. How many stupid decisions did they make? Nobody, you don't just stop being a fan. Maybe you say, okay, I'm gonna wait till they get a new GM or I'm gonna wait till they get a new coach. But you're not. You you never say unless you're a bad fan. You never just say, okay, I'm going to be uh, an Orlando Magic fan now. Yeah, you, you know, no, that's not. That goes against the nature of being a fan. So, it, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. You know, that's why guys like LeBron or, or or individual players you shouldn't just just try not to worry about what fans think because fans ultimately are going to be on the side of the teams.
4: Yep, I agree. So I wanted I to hear yes. guys' comments on that. So I appreciate you guys as uh, taking my call. Um, and uh, I'll are be you? checking in. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I I want your thoughts on this 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 one other thing. I haven't I haven't brought it up with Ruaru yet, but I I was going to. Uh, there's there's been so, some debate in you know the Celtic community over over whether or not Rondo should have his number retired at the end of his career, and I wanted your quick thoughts on that before you go.
4: Um, no, I don't think his number should be retired. Um, and I'm as big of a Rondo fan as anybody. Um if he'd have played a couple more years or even if they had won that title in 2010, if they'd have won that title, I would say for sure. But uh, it feels like he's a little bit short to me uh, of, of having his number retired. Um, And and I know there's players like, like Maxwell that, that have been up there and, and uh, and I think Ainge will be up there eventually, but I don't know for me, there's something that's missing. um, When it comes to Rondo and I I can't quite pinpoint it, but, but he's, but he's definitely short of that Um, as is Ray Allen also. So,
2: I completely agree with you Sam but I dread the fact that uh, they may both be retired at some point uh and we'll get into that in, in just a second. We appreciate the call man love hearing from you as always.
4: Thanks guys. I'll be uh I'll be checking in every Tuesday so can't wait to hear from you guys uh whenever you're Excellent, back
2: Excellent Sam. We'll uh we'll do our best to to keep things going live here uh so we can take your call and uh, cuz definitely one of our one of our favorite callers on the show. So we'll uh we'll talk to you soon, all right? Thanks a lot, guys. Go Celtics. There he goes. All right, Calvin. Before before we get into a little bit of the retired, retired number discussion, I want to tell some people about something. Is that okay with you?
3: Oh, that's fine with me.
2: So let me ask you a question then. Have you ever felt uh, the need to be shown how to do something on – uh, online or in Excel or with Photoshop or anything like that.
3: Well, um, if anyone knows anything about me, they know that I'm, I'm basically functionally illiterate. So
2: exactly, uh, yeah.
3: Some, sometimes I need people to translate English to me or translate <laughs> Excel into English.
2: whatever it may be. Well, here's here's the brand, here's the brand new thing that uh, that we are excited about here at CLNS Radio. It's lynda.com and that's l y n d a dot com and basically calvin i'm telling you because i know that you are like me as well sometimes technology is just over my head and linda seems linda.com seems to be the place to go to get all of your tutorials all your courses that you need to learn any of this new technology stuff all right so luckily you can get a free 10 day trial to linda.com if you go to, uh, oh crap, where's the thing? Where'd it go? C-L-N-S radio. No. <clears throat> it's a Beats and Eats thing. That's why I screwed that up. It's linda.com slash Beats and Eats. So go check that out because you can get ta- uh, tutorials on how to use tablets, iPhones, Androids, anything like that. A lot of Excel and Microsoft stuff like that too. Um, I you hope that live... No promo code, but I hope that live I hope that live read went well and didn't bore the hell out of you. Uh, so now to answer the retirement of the numbers question, because that's what everybody was was waiting for, and I agree with yeah. Sam. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, and Ray. Yes, I agree with Sam. I'm tired, but a close friend of mine who, by the way, predicts LeBron James and Rajon Rondo to be Los Angeles Lakers next year. Uh, also says that a couple years after KG and Pierce's numbers go up, because he's convinced KG's numbers going up too, Uh Rondo's number and Ray Allen's number will, will go up on a, on a lowly night when the Celtics are still crappy uh, in 10, 12, 20 years or whatever it is. He thinks that those guys are going to get their numbers retired. And I, fi- I feel like that will be uh, a shame because I don't, I don't think that they were here long enough, first of all. And I would I would debate that KG his, should not get his number retired either, but I understand the argument for why you would think he should, because he changed the culture of this team again and he brought it to the championship. I think that was the biggest thing that, that he could have done for an entire franchise. Rondo, on the other hand, was the benefit of that. And a couple of other superstar type of players on his team that he fit well with. And he got along with all these guys. But when things went sour, he went sour too. And he went south. And that's where I feel like he's not a get-your-number-retired type of player for the Boston Celtics. Not only that, but he's probably going to play in the league another 10 years. How can you get your number retired in a place uh, that, yeah, why not?
3: Uh, is, is he gonna? Is he gonna develop an awesome jump shot in the next three years? I mean, he's he's not. He's I'm, gonna be. He, I, he's gonna play till
2: he's forty. Sure, he might.
1: <laughs> he might. Some of he these might guys be. are gonna.
2: I mean, I, might, listen. But, that's that's an overshot. That's 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 still an overshot. But why, so, but but still, you you play for a place for nine years, and you're not an overwhelming type of player. If yeah, if I mean, was was there ever a point where he was clear cut? the best player on the court night in and night out. I don't know if you can say that about him. Even right, even the, the past year and a half, there were nights where Jeff Green was far and away better than him. And maybe that's because he it was mentally checked out, but that's part of it.
3: Right. Last year he was hurt all year. So, it, yeah, post-Pierce post KG trade, you can't really make that argument. I mean, I guess maybe for this half season – uh, before, maybe you, you might be able to make that argument in 2010, certainly in the playoffs, obviously you could. I'm not 2010, 2011. Uh, and maybe, tw- no, nah, nah, I don't think you can make that argument in 2010, because, yeah, I, I didn't think he was that good in the finals against the Lakers. Um, yeah, my thing is, like, yeah, longevity shouldn't, uh, shouldn't, like, put your number in uh, up in the rafters. You know, that I'm, I'm really conservative about putting numbers up in the rafters anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to call you back. My my phone's dying. Give me one sounds
2: second. Sounds good. It Sounds good. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to think on my feet, and I'm going to ask uh, Liz Farola what she thinks about this. Liz, you are going to join us for a segment in a few minutes, but now you're going to have to tell me whether you think that these guys should get their numbers retired or not. Welcome to the show.
5: Oh, hey. Okay. I'm glad that I was right next to my phone when that happened. Yep.
2: And now you've yeah, been warned. I, I, that's what I tried to stretch out that, that action as much <laughs> as possible.
5: Well, thanks. Um, so, wait, what's the question about retiring?
2: Rondo and think, Ray Allen. What do you What do you think about getting their numbers, numbers retired
5: um, as,
2: as for the Celtics?
5: I mean, I feel like – I always think it's weird when numbers are retired for players who don't finish their career in a city, like especially if – I mean, if he's just like – Somewhere else for a couple of years, and most of his career is here, and that's where like he really put up a lot of numbers. So speaking about Rondo. I suppose it goes for real and too. Um, then that's one thing, but I don't know. I just think it's weird when when players are have their numbers retired for teams that they don't finish. All
2: yeah. right, so now that Calvin say,
5: is no
2: now now that Calvin is back, he's going to speak to longe- longevity because I think that's kind of what you're talking about there, Liz. And uh, we'll talk to you in a few minutes. Thanks. Okay, great.
5: Okay.
3: Yeah. So he, yeah, he did play with the team for eight and a half seasons. Um, but again, you know, like you said, he was the best player on the team for, from arguably a season or two max, right? He he was, uh, inarguably, the fourth best player on the title team. So if he's going to hang his jersey up with the Raptors for being on the title team, then you you have to you know you have to hang all the other jerseys up too. I've heard an argument that he's. You know he's fourth all time uh, on the Celtics in assists, and that should put him. But if you if if that's the case, okay, he's fourth all time in assists. How many teams have four? Uh, you know, past first point guards in there is, uh, on the teams who have played nine years on the team. It's like, boy, it, it sounds impressive in a vacuum when you say fourth all time on the on the, for the Celtics in assists. But really, you know, it's it's not that impressive, considering. I mean, it's impressive, you know, based on longevity. But it's it's not that impressive a stat because. It's like assists aren't what make the NBA go. So just by his style of, of player, he's going to be near the top of any team's assist list if he plays on that team for a significant period of time.
2: Um, I'm trying to oh, – that's not an easy thing to, to Google. What's going on? I'm trying to find out who the top four players are for the Utah Jazz in assists. And my my point was going to be that I believe Deron Williams is going to be in the in the top four of that team, of that list, and I want to I want to find it. But uh, would would Utah Jazz fans feel like that they should put Deron Williams in up in, in the rafters and and retire his number? What do you think about that?
3: Oh, that that's a great point. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he should be up in the Raptors. Again, like I was saying, I'm really conservative. Like as a Laker fan, I'm going to be furious if Derek Fisher gets his jersey put up in the Raptors. <laughs> there a, you yeah, go. Yeah. yeah, Derek Fisher was never uh, even an average player in his career. I, I'm not. I, I don't even want Kyle Sol's
1: number. No, I nailed it. Titles. Yeah, I, I nailed I it. Deron him. Williams.
2: Deron Dur- Williams, number four what? on all time in, in the uh, Utah Jazz in assists. It goes Stockton, Malone, Ricky Green, and with four thousand and three assists, Duran Williams. And then the their uh, list dips way down to just under two thousand is Andre Kirilenko. So I would argue that Kirilenko on the Jazz has has a, is a better player to get his number retired than than uh, Duron Williams. But uh, there's your your comparison. It, it, obviously. Utah Jazz, not as storied a franchise as the Boston Celtics, but if we're talking about assists and that's going to be your criteria, wouldn't the the Jazz be one of the first teams you look at with John Stockton leading the way?
3: I like that Malone is number two all time. I mean, it's <laughs> just Jazz. That just goes to that's right. totally like that. Yeah, that's what's going to happen when you look at assist list. I don't know what the Lakers list look like. Looks like it probably looks like Magic Johnson, you know, Kobe, Jerry West, and then who the hell knows?
2: Let's find out. Let's find out. I'm looking at it right now. Magic Johnson, Jerry West, Kobe Bryant. All right, let's 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 see if you even know who this guy is. I'll tell you that uh, it, uh, number five is Michael Cooper. Number six is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Number seven is Elgin Baylor. Number eight is Gail Goodrich. Number nine is James Worthy. Number 10 is Nick Van Exel. So number four with 3,846 assists for the Lakers is a man that I've never even heard of, Calvin. Do you know who it is? Uh,
1: I don't know how to guess. Is it? Is it Sedalee Three?
2: Nope. I've heard of him. Actually, he played for the Lakers from 1977 through 1983. Uh, his name is Norm, oh, Norm Nixon?
3: Nixon. Oh yeah, Norm Nixon was good.
2: He was good. Is he? Is yeah, his number retired?
3: No, because the Lakers only have like this is the point that I made to you before the Lakers
2: only yeah. have like six
3: numbers. Retired.
2: Okay. Yeah, we are, we are that, way. Now Shaq's yeah. We are, now that Shaq's retired who Shaq, by the way, way down the total rebounds list. Kobe Bryant is <laughs> starting to just smash him in rebounds for totals. So if you're going to look at these total lists and that, and that's going to be your argument, people we've ranted on this for five minutes. now. uh, if if that's your argument for putting a guy's number up in the rafters because he's fourth all time on the assist list, then I'm with Sam, and I'm with Calvin. Throw throw the Ross the jersey on somebody else. Give him the number. Don't yeah. care. Don't attack KG's right?
3: number either. Yeah, I said it. I said it. But I understand yeah. it. I understand that you do. I understand
2: KG. I don't really understand Ray or Rondo. Uh, I mean, KG had
3: like four four good seasons in Boston. You know, let's be honest. Let's
1: be honest. And he was, he was
2: dedicated to the team. He, he spoke about I being did. a Celtic, and he, he changed the, the uh, attitude in the locker room, and he was a, a leader on the court and off the court, and uh, the list goes on. Those things were not things that you could say about Rajon Rondo, even when it was, quote-unquote, his team. He was. He did not seem to. He was not the leader that KG was. He was not the locker room presence. He was not the uh, just game changing type of player as far as attitude and mood is concerned. So, I feel like it takes away from from whatever accolades you want to throw at him and right, well, boost KG up. And besides, he, uh, now that did- I. I'm rusty. We've really beat this thing into the ground. Uh, so I'll yeah. just uh, play I've this been first. in the ball fight? There you go. That's right, Rondo. I don't have any clips like of Rondo saying stuff like that. Do I? Don't retire his number. Any,
1: All right. Any Rondo clips?
2: No, I don't think so. Let's see. Does
3: Rondo ever say Ron-
2: Oh, I, I forgot I have this one. RONDO! This is not- Thank you, Chris Weber. And if there are any dogs or animals nearby, I apologize. <clears throat> um, we've uh, we've what? Yeah, we got to talk a little bit more about the NBA here quickly. Uh, after 45 minutes of Rondo talk, that was supposed to be like a 15 minute segment. Anyway, um, this uh, this trade that went down. Got, has the NBA all, all everybody's going crazy because they think it's such a big deal. Look at this. J.R. Smith, the Knicks are blowing it up. Phil Jackson is wheeling and dealing, he has no fear. He's just like, Oh yeah, I'm just gonna trade these guys. Just dunk. Bucks. Open up the salary cap for, for the Knicks. J.R. Smith goes to Cleveland. And uh Oklahoma City gets Dion Waiters. Where did Schumper go? Cleveland, right?
1: Yeah. Does Shumpert. this deal
2: even matter? Does this deal matter? Does Jr. Smith and Shumpert make, or do Jr. Smith and Shumpert make Cleveland better? Are they really that well, going to change the game that much? I mean, maybe, but I I feel like this is just a, a nothing deal for everyone. I'm not even sure if Dion Waiters is going to catch on in Oklahoma City. I just don't buy it.
3: I think, see, well, so I I, need, I first of all I need to talk about the Knicks because they're hilarious, but. Uh,
2: but oh, God, they, I, I love that the Knicks are so bad. I'll bet the Knicks yeah. all, for another 45 minutes. That'll end the show. Yeah,
3: yeah we'll. I'll get to the Knicks in a minute, but I, I, I do think, I do like this trade for OKC, because what do they trade to get Deion Waiters? They don't have any scoring on their bench other than Reggie Jackson. I understand that, you know, they play a similar style, but Deion Waiters can score. Like, what, plus Deion Waiters is 23. Like, what do you, you know what I mean? Like, the, I know Deion Waiters... Oh, yeah, it's not best, a bad
2: thing but, to get Dion Waiters. I, I wasn't... No, you, I just yeah. don't think it improves them that much. That's yeah. all.
3: If you could trade Jay Crowder and pick up Deion Waiters, wouldn't you do it? I, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, yeah. I know she's going to be like, "I like Jay Crowder," but whatever. That's not even the point.
2: Like, no, NBA I listen. I I like Jay Crowder doing everything but shooting the basketball. I cringe every time that man shoots the ball.
3: That's right. Yeah, I'm just saying. You 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 saw who they traded, right? Alex Kirk, Lewis Am- uh, Amundsen, who um I didn't even know was still in the NBA. And Lance Thomas, who I, I think is a WWE wrestler, for, you know what I mean? So, they traded away nothing for Deion Waiters. They have a protected first-round pick, which, you know, the fender of the fender. They, but, but they didn't even send that to the Knicks. They sent it to the Cavs. So, the Cavs, yeah, all they stuck with T.R. Smith, sure, but they also got Shumpert. So, who, you know, might help for them? I, I You're right. I don't think it'll be an impactful trade for the Cavaliers, who... You know, I think they're in trouble, but
1: we can get to that on another show if you want.
2: Yeah, they're they are in trouble, uh, but let's focus on bashing the Knicks because wow, yeah. are they just a pathetic puddle of nothing?
3: Well, here here was off. Awesome. Uh, I don't know if you followed like the like the, the story I was as it was breaking. I'm sure I'm sure you didn't. But like,
2: so, no, I was at the game.
3: Oh, you were at the game, yeah. So, there is... like. So basically, like, as reports first came out, it was the J.F. Smith was traded for Deion Waiters. That was, like, the first report that had come out. So it was like Knicks, you know what I mean? It was like Knicks fans were like, oh, Deion Waiters, like, finally we got something going on this team. And then right. and then the, the report was that the, that the Knicks were getting, they weren't getting Deion Waiters, but they were getting a first-round pick back in the deal. Okay.
1: Then okay. it, then, it,
3: then, then, it, then the report came that it was a three-way deal and that the Knicks were getting Reggie Jackson. And ah, like, oh, Reggie Jackson, that's not bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: We got a point guard now. Great.
3: Right. Then it, then, it, then it turned out that Amon Shumpert was also included in the deal. And they're like, okay, well, we're getting... You know, we, they like Amon Shumpert for some weird reason, but uh, I don't really like Amon Shumpert. But they're like, okay, whatever. We're getting Reggie Jackson.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. so it was basically like the basically the Knicks fans were like, "Oh, we uh, we got rid of J.R. Smith, and we're getting something good. We're gonna get something good." And then Phil Jackson right. said,
3: that's exactly, that's exactly what happened. And then it, finally, it was like, "Okay, the Knicks are I'm getting a second round of pick out of this deal and a bunch of garbage." So Knicks, Knicks fans were mad. And then when the deal was the deal was finalized. It turns out that they're getting a 2019 second-round pick. 2019! <laughs> is is Hurts going to exist in 2019, right? Do we know? <laughs> Phil Jackson's going to be dead by then, right? <laughs> Probably. Let's be honest. 2019? 2019, 2019 waiting so for a second-round pick. You don't even get a first-round pick in 2019. You, you, you get a second-round pick. So I'm, I'm just looking at like a trade analysis of this, and they're like, you know, if there's, so, if there's so much spin in favor of the Knicks. Like, oh, the Knicks are getting cap relief. Like, they got what they wanted out of this. They traded they traded Shumpert, who uh, supposedly the, the OKC Thunder offered a first-round pick straight up for them a month ago. The Knicks refused. People wanted Amon Shumpert. They could have traded yeah. You know, so they could have had a first-round pick a month ago. Now, a month later, they're tossing him off for a 2019 second-round pick. And you know, okay, they tossed Jared Smith away. Also, they yeah, okay, they cleared some cap space in this off season. Wait, the Knicks already had; they were already going to have like thirty-five million in cap space in this off season. Who's going to the Knicks next year? You
2: know what I mean? Uh, maybe, maybe they maybe they need to they fire Derek Fisher and uh, hire a guy like oh, I don't know, uh, Rex Ryan. Um, going to just, snack? That's right, that's right. They could just all e- eat snacks, and they can have terrible basketball games in Madison square garden, and they can be the worst team in the league and they can hopefully set a record for least amount of wins in NBA history, breaking the 76ers record from last year. Is that from last year? Uh, I, I would just love, I would just love to see that the Knicks are just pathetic and Their fans are the worst fans that I've ever encountered in my entire life. I've been to Philadelphia Phillies games. I've been to Sixers games. I've been in – I I was going to say in Jacksonville. That's not bad. People – people out – I mean, I'm sure people out in Oakland are just ridiculous. The Pacers fans that I encountered were very nice when I ran into them. Colts fans were awful, but not as bad as Knicks fans, man. These – Yankees fans are bad, not as bad as Knicks fans. I can't stand Knicks fans more than any fan base in the entire world. So to see them suffering like this puts a smile on my face.
1: All right, but
3: before we switch subjects, real quick, I just want to comment. Uh, I, I was ahead of the curve on this, Murray. I was saying when the Lakers were in the finals, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. I was saying it. I was saying it in two thousand three, two thousand one. All right. The triangle offense sucks. It's a terrible offense. And now I'm I'm glad that everyone's coming around. And <laughs> it, it, it's contrary to all the the analytics you know like, like analytics are all the rage now in the NBA and like the triangle offense, like <laughs> it goes completely against analytics. But it also like it goes against common sense. It's a terrible offense. There's the reason why it's never worked when it wasn't being run by Kobe or Michael Jordan. Nobody's ever successfully run a triangle offense. It's right,
2: that. you need the player. You need the player yeah, to fit Kobe into Jordan, the offense. By the
3: way. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't even run the triangle. You know what I mean? Like neither one of those. Like both of those guys. The reason those offenses worked is because they they like turned it into isolation offenses
1: when they needed to score. Yeah, so
2: somewhat somewhat isolation. And but they also got on the break quite a bit. They weren't. It's not like they were a team that was just this this uh, getting to the half court, set up the triangle. That's what basically what I've seen from the Knicks. Uh, sort of this season they don't run as much as they used to. Kobe and and and, and Jordan were were and Kobe still tries. they tried to get out on the break, they did get out on the break. They got fast break layups as well. Uh they controlled pace of the game and when they wanted when they wanted a half court set, they used the triangle. So I mean the, the, there's the, they you need the guy, the type of player that can just dominate and shoot over zone defenses and and just pretty much be... The guy that Kobe and Michael are, you know, you know, and the Knicks don't have you know that guy. Often,
3: you know how often Shaq actually played the high post? Shaq never played the high post. They didn't run the triangle. It's just a lie. It's a lie. <laughs> the triangle sucks. That's the point. The triangle always sucked. It was never a good offense. That's all.
2: The triangle always sucked. You know what doesn't suck? It did.
1: What's
2: okay. The Garden Report nice. does not suck. The Garden Report, it doesn't suck. Yeah. Jared Weiss does a great job with the Garden Report. He huh. puts it on our YouTube channel our YouTube channel every uh, home game, youtube.com slash CLNS Radio. And uh, he will be doing another one. He just did one for the uh, after the Hornets game last night. And, of course, he, <clears throat> since he's on after every uh, home game, he won't be doing one until next week. But the Pelicans are in town on Monday, so check that thing out. Uh, Monday night or Tuesday morning whenever he, he gets that it posted he's in the locker room and he uh, calls into the the post game show and uh, you know all about the garden report go check it out um, do we want to talk about major league baseball quickly
1: yeah yeah uh, there's been, there's, there's, is.
2: yeah there, been, there's been a, a lot of controversy as far as who people are voting for and their reasoning behind it and what the ballot and how many ballot uh, how many players you can vote for. Buster Olney was all angry on ESPN and blah, blah, blah. Personally, I think the whole thing is a, is a load of crap, and it's, it's an antiquated system, much like the game of baseball in general. And they need to do some sweeping changes to this entire thing, uh, or they're going to lose people faster than they think.
3: Well, it's fascinating to me. Who got in this year? Three power pitchers and a, and a guy who didn't hit for power at all. You know what I mean? Like, how do we? How do I know? Like, the, the, the whole notion, like that hitters are subjected to scrutiny, that pitchers aren't subjected to at all. I don't. I don't understand the hypocrisy. But if, if you're gonna, if you're gonna point out Roger Clemens, like they think Roger Clemens is the only pitcher connected to steroids. You know what I mean? Other than that, it's entirely hitters. It's just because the numbers favor hitting. But there, it's steroids. Wasn't the only reason for that. You know, smaller ballparks, juice balls. Like, there's a, there's a million things that you could. Uh, point to you. You can, you know what I mean. You can point to like not, you know, not developing pitchers the same way. Like, there's, just because hitters were on steroids doesn't mean pitchers weren't on steroids. Like, I like Randy Johnson, but like the guy threw, you know, 140 miles an hour. Like, why does he escape scrutiny? I don't get it. And my, like, my Piazza, basically, the he's clearly the greatest hitting catcher of all time. Like, why is he not in the
0: Hall of Fame? Why?
2: Because the 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 Hall of Fame is the voting system is a lot about politics. It's a lot about guys on the in the BWAA uh, trying to draw attention to themselves and make points and and uh, I'm going to vote for Larry Walker instead of Pedro Martinez because I think he deserves to get in, or I'm not going to vote for anybody because I should be able to vote for more than ten people. Uh, I just the criteria between looking at, at, at guys and saying they're a steroid guy or they're not a steroid guy, I don't know. I believe in the notion that if the player sort of uh, was bigger than the game at times, like Mark McGuire should be a Hall of Famer. Sammy Sosa, the two of those guys, took over the game of baseball they took over just the spotlight from anybody else the two both of those guys i believe should be hall of famers and it, it's it's because of their stardom and not because of how they got their stardom you know whether you're guilty of, of taking steroids or not if you played in that era your image is going to be tainted until you can unless you can prove that you did not take steroids and none of these guys can do that right there's not any proof at this point Provide this steroid era I was clean, right? Is that unless they they give all the back for their drug test, but even then people would put
3: Right. It's impossible to prove a negative. But again, but I don't even want like that, that's a big picture argument really that like we don't have time for tonight and I would like to have it another week, but I just don't get I don't get again, I like John Smoltz, but John Smoltz is the third-best pitcher that is going into the Hall of Fame this year. Mike Piazza, again, greatest hitting catcher of all time. Why is he not in the Hall of Fame? I don't – he's never been accused of any, any
2: steroid
3: thing. Is it just a notion that, like, he might have been on steroids? Is that that's what we're talking about? Craig,
2: Craig, Craig Biggio, not that, not that uh, dominant of a hitter. 3,000 hits, sure. Uh, he played the game for a long time. Were you ever Craig, nervous when Craig Biggio came to the plate? Did right, exactly. teams pitch around Craig Biggio often? No, they did that with Mike Piazza. So I would go with Piazza before Biggio. Uh, I, I I like a more well-rounded player. So I don't know. I would make the argument against Piazza because he he just I don't know he he was he was a liability on defense, and sure he could hit, but I feel like a lot of guys can can just rake and if he was playing for an american league team he would be the dh and there would be a different story but behind him as far as he you wouldn't be able to call him the, the best hitting dh of all time you you can call him the best hitting catcher of all time because most because most ca- you think so uh, i don't know about that uh because most catchers i'd have to look at, at, at numbers to make that argument but I, I would say that David Ortiz or Edgar, Edgar Martinez are right up there, and I, if if Piazza was a DH, then I would argue against that as well.
3: But you're also not taking into account the grind that catching does takes to your body. That's a reason why you know, well, of course, that's why we don't have superstar catchers. That's why Joe Mauer is also so valuable. You know what I mean? Like
1: catchers right.
3: who are often on offense are like an invaluable resource. The guy played catcher. For ninety percent of his career, and he was an awesome hitter. You know what I mean? That, like, you you might not, maybe you don't think he's the greatest overall catcher of all time because of his defense. That's ar- that's arguable, but but putting him in the Hall of Fame, like, how many catchers are in the Hall of Fame now? You know what I mean? He's he's better. Than, let, me, let me put it to you this way: There's no catcher who's not in the Hall of Fame who's not better than Mike Piazza, or who is better than Mike Piazza.
2: Make really get that list. And what are we talking here? Fisk. What's that? Right. Fisk. Yeah. Campanella. No, Johnny it. Bench. Yeah, you've been cutting out, too. I wonder if we're starting to lose it here.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you've been at Johnny Bench. That's, that's how you got, right? What, what else you
2: got for me? No, I'm saying, no, I said uh, Carlin Fisk, Johnny Bench. Oh, uh, oh Fisk, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Campanella, Roy Campanella, Buck Ewing.
3: Piazza's better than Campanella. All
2: these older guys, Gary Carter. Uh, my, sister went,
3: my sister went to high school with Gary Carter, and so I'm biased. Any Somebody Lombardi.
2: Yeah, you're cutting out again. All right, let's. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know whether it's I don't know whether it's you I mean We're just going to move on. Uh, which. Means that uh, it's time for some crazy topics. Let's find out what we're talking about tonight. Uh, Liz for is back. In-
5: hey guys. Hey. Hey, Rory, You keep cutting out. I don't know. Yep. What? Oh, what talk to Calvin. Is. Okay, great. <laughs> hey, Calvin. Sure. Um. All right, so. I'm a little disappointed that there's no intro music, but I'll do without the Zoo dolls for a week. So that would be nice. Um, so I have two stories. You know, I like to find like crazy news stories from from wherever. And I'm really
1: uh, going <laughs> to see me,
3: Sorry,
5: get, to get back to what you're saying. <laughs> I like how we can't hear where he talks, but hopefully he still has access to the.
1: I hope you enjoyed that. You yeah. asked for it.
5: <laughs> I did kind of ask for that. All right, so the first the first thing that I was reading about that I thought was hilarious is that there um there was this huge internet shortage in Vietnam there's like these huge these five huge, like, hubs that go into um, the country. And one of them was completely chopped by a shark because it runs underwater. And the shark just, like, chomped right through it. And then the Internet was out for, like, 20 days. <laughs> what do you think about that?
1: Really?
5: <laughs> yeah, Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, just love, I just love the fact that a shark cut out the Internet for 20 days to, like, almost the entire country.
3: Yeah, I think they should probably hire better internet technicians. <laughs> yeah.
5: Well, I think it's like the only way that it it's like fed into the country. They have these like five giant pipes underwater, but they have like video of the shark. Does they have video on the on the pipes? I guess, but they just have video of the the sharks just like going through well, it. But. What,
3: well, what they should have done to solve the problem is go to Lynda.com. <laughs> but the problem is they couldn't do that because they're internet
5: <laughs> your segues are almost as smooth as Rory's segues by the way that's good Um, possibly the best headline right up for it though is it says sharks are taking a bite out of one of the largest cable internet infrastructures in the world and bite was spelled B Y T E. that was the best hey, tell- alright Second thing, are we still gone?
1: Yes, yeah. yes. Continue to talk.
5: <laughs> okay. Second thing. I think you might actually. Oh, I some, said one word. Some... Oh, there you are. Okay. Um. So, part of, I mean, I think this this next story is like just crazy silly, but so Kanye, um, released a new song featuring Paul McCartney, and. Everybody was up in arms because there were a ton of people on Twitter who had no idea who Paul McCartney was. And they were, like, commenting on, like, for example, here's a tweet. Kanye has a great ear for talent. This Paul McCartney guy is going to be huge. There's one tweet. Another one one is, I don't know who Paul McCartney is, but Kanye is going to give this man a career with, with his new song. And a lot of people just saying, who is Paul McCartney? Lots of question marks. This is why I love Kanye, for shining light on unknown artists. So what do you think about that?
3: Um, I like Kanye better than Paul McCartney,
1: certainly.
5: Right, but isn't it, I mean, like, I'm not the, the biggest Beatles fan, but isn't it kind of ridiculous that people don't know who Paul McCartney is?
3: Do you, would you know who, like, um, who, like, you know, Huckleberry Jones was? you know?
1: Well, Huckleberry Jones nope,
2: is <laughs> not a real person. never heard Not a real person You don't even know. You sure? <laughs>
5: Isn't that, what I'm saying is, the Beatles are one of the biggest <laughs> bands of, of all time, right? Like,
3: Right, but, terms of, like, but they were records. one of the biggest fans of. They were the biggest band of all time. But at a certain point, like all old things become, you know, like Clark Cable was one of the. He was like one of the biggest actors of all time. But like, who the hell knows anything about Clark Cable? You know what I mean? Right? You know, a yeah. lot of, You got a lot of cable facts.
5: But but here's the thing: are we like are we really at that point? In like, I mean, we're not that old. I feel like. was the fourth leading assistant. What? what
3: do you know? What do you know about Gable? That's
5: all
1: I'm saying. What do you got on
3: Gable?
5: This, this is the most frustrating segment. I've been—you're <laughs> barely responding to me, and Rudy just keeps coming in with like two-word snippets. This is the best.
3: I'm barely—I'm barely responding
5: to
3: you. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like
5: yeah. I'm. I feel like I'm responding. <laughs> um. Well, I just think it's ridiculous this whole thing with Paul McCartney. I do. Well, maybe he should have done
3: something in the last thirty
5: years, McCartney. What did I say after the USA? Well, he also, but he has done stuff like he's he's released albums recently.
2: I'm sorry. Wait, I'm sorry. Who, does, who doesn't know Paul McCartney was? Good, good. Who doesn't know Paul McCartney?
1: Paul McCartney.
2: People on Twitter who like Kanye. Oh, they're like there's
1: so many people. Like as
5: soon as the song came out, there were so many people being like, "Who's Paul McCartney? Who is this guy that like Kanye's discovered?" Blah blah blah. It just it it feels crazy to me that Kanye is bigger than Paul McCartney to a large population of people.
2: That's all. Well, that's that's the kids these days, Liz. I guess that's true. Oh, well. Kanye another Kardashian.
5: <laughs> another stellar, stellar uh, showing from... Some, some another some lively rendition
1: of... Uh... And I don't want the world to see me Because I don't think they're great
2: enough Thank you, Liz. Thanks, guys. Later. Thanks, Liz.
1: Last chance to look at me, actor.
2: Yeah, that was delayed. Uh, okay, Robin, do you want to follow Cowboys, uh, segment, or do you want to end this thing?
3: Yeah, you're pretty choppy and rough, race so I guess we can, we can call it a wrap.
1: Uh, Ed, yeah.
2: good night, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. That's it? Good night, everyone. So I... Uh, you want to say? You. Uh, I guess we'll talk to you next week. Uh, hopefully, yeah. better than just good night, Calvin.
3: Yeah, whatever. Whatever he said. Good night, everyone. <laughs>